If we live in a world where others decide for us, we forget how to dream, we forget how to imagine, we forget how to create. I would rather fail at trying to change the world than succeed at conforming to it. Bitcoin gave us freedom of money, but if we don't have freedom of communication to trade, we're screwed. Noster gave us freedom of communication. Now those two are together. Hello and welcome. This is the No Strings Podcast, a show about Noster. With Noster, your communication has no strings attached. On this show, we provide updates on the Noster ecosystem, deep dives into the technology, and interviews with builders and other key people in the Noster space. No Strings is a value for value podcast. If you find value in what we're doing, please send value our way. You can do it by streaming sats using your favorite podcast 2.0 app like Fountain or Podverse. You can zap this episode's note on Noster or send a boost through your favorite podcast app. We really appreciate all the boosts and zaps. We read them at the end of each show, um, so please send them along. And then lastly, you can visit the website at nostrings.show slash support. So on to today's episode. Uh, this is my second installment of coverage of Nostra Rica, and I realized that it's uh, late in coming. Uh, I got the first one out a lot sooner, and then uh, my original plan was to cover each day in a separate episode. Now I kind of wish I would have just done all of them in, in one, but uh, that's how it goes. Life happens. I had an opportunity to sit down with Arun and talk about Current and talk about his journey in Bitcoin and the Noster space. So that was exciting and excellent. Um, so, But it ate up my limited time that I have for doing a podcast. So here I am. This will be the second one. I've got one more coming for day three, and then I will just stick them there in the archive. People can listen to them if they want to get a summary of Nostra Rica. And then for future events like Nostra Asia, I plan on being a lot more timely with my coverage, hopefully allowing people to digest the information quickly because so much has happened since Nostra Rica in the last month. So a lot to get to in the future. And if you're listening to this, it's very likely that you know a lot of those things that are happening. Uh, but anyways, here we go. Okay, so today was hosted again by Walker. He was the MC, welcoming everybody, bringing people up, introducing people. And then the first speaker of the day was John Dennehy from Me Premier Bitcoin or My First Bitcoin. This is an organization that is helping to bring Bitcoin knowledge through education to the world. Um, and his topic was how Bitcoin is a tool to change the world. Now he got up on stage and said that he was speaking off script, just trying to speak from the heart. He wasn't wearing shoes. Um, he was just wearing sandals and, um, you know, was just kind of really feeling the, the Costa Rica, Nosta Rica vibe. He gave a, a history about how he kind of came into all of this, talked about living in New York, especially during the pandemic, and how to him it felt like the world was broken. And people were looking for solutions, wanting to fix things, but people weren't really looking at what the problems were necessarily, really digging in and having those tough conversations. To him, he feels like people just didn't have agency 
and that Bitcoin is really a tool that gives people agency. So he traveled to Central America a couple of times, tried to do some Bitcoin education. Things didn't really go anywhere. Um, then in the Bitcoin adoption was announced in El Salvador and he was like, this is it. So he went to El Salvador, said that his Uber driver who picked him up from the airport, he asked if he could pay the guy in Bitcoin and long story short, yada, 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 his Uber driver now works with him on me premier Bitcoin. So that's pretty cool. He said that there are reasons for pessimism in the world. Banks are collapsing. We don't really get to decide what's going on. We aren't part of the decision process for our society as a whole. There are people in charge, bureaucrats in charge, making those decisions. People at large corporations as well. He truly believes that Bitcoin is going to win, but he just doesn't know how. And he said, we are the ones who get to decide. It's not just about money. It's about power. And a direct quote from him, he said, if we live in a world where others decide for us, we forget how to dream. We forget how to imagine. We forget how to create. He transitioned that into talking about responsibility, personal accountability and responsibility. And he said that responsibility is freedom. When you have to take control of your own actions and you have to be aware of your own things, then you are the one who owns them and controls them. And that becomes a source of your freedom. For example, he talked about banks. So you have an account at the bank. If you lose your password to your account, the bank can restore it for you. That means that the bank actually owns your account. You do not. So if we are not allowed to make mistakes in society, then really we aren't allowed to learn through failure. Because if you were your own bank and you lost your password, your money's gone. And you learn a very valuable, important lesson about how to be responsible for your money. Many Bitcoiners can sympathize with that. So society needs to be able to fail, make mistakes so that we can learn. That just happened this week with SpaceX and the Starship launch, where test flight, not launch. Um, their main task was to clear the tower, clear the launch pad without damaging the infrastructure, get this thing airborne. And then everything beyond that was just icing on the cake. They were going to throw a bunch of things at it, see what it could do and learn in the process, knowing that it was likely going to fail. Um, so there are a lot of great lessons to be learned from there. He said another direct quote, I would rather fail at trying to change the world than succeed at conforming to it. And another quote, we are not here to entrench the status quo. We are here to overthrow it. So he believes that Bitcoin education is a Trojan horse for bringing power and agency to individual lives. So there was a Q&A session where a, a lot of the questions that were asked went into me, Premier Bitcoin, and what the organization is about and what they're trying to accomplish. There are people who want to help bring it to other countries. For example, there was a gentleman there from Mexico that wants to bring uh, me, Premier Bitcoin, to Mexico. So in summary, the, the program is a certificate program, and it's meant for students who are probably 15 to 18 years old 
that is secondary school, high school, college, whatever you call it in your country where you live in your region. So it's a, it's an interesting program. They teach them things like creating a wallet, copying a seed. Um, then you destroy the wallet and you restore it to another device, make a transaction, find that transaction on chain, all sorts of things. So they really understand what's going on throughout the entire process. And then they, they get volunteers from all over the world to help, help come in and kind of judge their knowledge and test their knowledge. Um, and then they, they have a whole ceremony at the end. I think it's like a 10 week course. They have a ceremony at the end and present them with their certificate. Um, so it's really cool. I, I like the idea. So if you're interested in that, go check it out um, and check out his portion of the video because there is a lot of great content there. His final quote is that he said, I have hope in the world because of this. So um, great way to kick off day two. Next up to the stage was Derek Ross from nosterplebs.com. So Derek built something by plebs for plebs. It's nosterplebs. Many of us joined Noster in mid-December and uh, we found NIP05 and he was one of these and he said NIP05 was cool. It was an easy way to turn your public key into a human readable format for your public key. Um, so he implemented NIP05 on his website, DerekRoss.me, just to you know get that check mark and be able to pass his username around to people more easily. But then people started asking about his check mark. And it didn't make sense to have people set up on his own personal address. He didn't want like some rando at DerekRoss.me. So he registered a new domain, nosterplebs.com, and started setting people up on that. Then one of the people said, hey, give me a 10,000K SAT invoice. I want to pay you for your work. And he was like, I'm just doing this for fun. Why are you going to pay me? But they really insisted. So he sent them an invoice. They paid it. And then other people started asking and sending sats to Derek as well. And that's when he was like, light bulb, uh, and said, there's a demand for this light bulb moment. So with that knowledge that there was demand, decided he would create a service. So uh, he and another person set up a service to create your account. You can manage your public key. And if you happen to burn your key by accident, you can go in, you can actually swap it out in uh, your account. So your NIP05 is, is attached to whatever key that you put in there so you can have some management there. It's an automated system. Uh, there's a chat bot, they've got support tickets. And then there's a, a link, nosterplebs.com slash s slash username. So you've got this URL you can give to people as well. They have lightning address forwarding. You can use your nosterplebs address and then it will forward the lightning app onto your wallet. So that's pretty cool. In the future, they wanna add media upload to your NIPO5 account and really just have all these new services tied into NIPO5. Then uh, another one was Noster Nests. So they set up Noster Nests because they were like, hey, this would be cool. Uh, it's using an open source version of Clubhouse called Jam. They added Noster PubKey linking. Uh, in the future, they want to let you just log in with Noster Auth, a Noster Auth extension. And then they also want to let you zap the person while they're speaking. So that would be great. Now in his mind, NIPO5 is just very difficult for mainstream users. Most people don't own a domain name. They don't have their own servers. And even if they do, they don't really want to go through the process to set that up. 
So he thinks that there will be Nipple 5 providers. There'll be some boutique ones like nosterplebs.com, but also probably some really big ones like maybe Strike will offer that. And then, um, you know, there are a lot of other things that could be layered on top of that. They have a premium service offering called Noster Purple. Mr. Hoddle asked them for it, and so he decided to do it. The name is a parody off of Twitter Blue. He said it's coming out with premium features in the future, um, something like number of events on the paid relay per month, image storage, media upload, all that kind of stuff. So you can sign up for Noster Purple already, but they're going to be bringing more stuff in the future. His last main point was that NIPO5 is not verification. It's simply just a human readable address. So in the future, there could be NIPO5 providers that actually do KYC verification. Some people might want that, others won't. Some clients will support it, others won't. Um, but this is an open platform, open protocol. He still thinks that we need to smooth off a lot of the rough edges so we can bring on mainstream users. And a lot of that is just around how we name things. For example, we should just start calling things lightning address. There are so many different types of lightning addresses out there really. Um, and we need to try and abstract those things away. And he said that current is doing a great job, which we talked about on our previous episode, but current just calls NIPO5 a Noster address. So it's so simple. It's just like an email address. People know email. We can give them a lightning address. We can give them a Noster address. Let's just keep things simple. He said another thing that Current is doing is that they call relays, they call it the relay network. And people understand what a network is because they're using the internet and they've been educated about some of these naming conventions. But if you just tell them these are relays, that is too abstract for them at this time. So just how we name things can really help out. Go check out nosterplebs.com, check out Derek Ross, and uh, learn more about it. Next on the stage, we had Svesky. He was talking about building a business on Noster. He said that Noster feels like Bitcoin in 2010. And, but, but what role does Noster have for businesses? It's this really interesting tool, fascinating tool, what are some of the applications and how could we build this into a business? What, what could they do to take advantage of it? He said that Noster feels like it fell out of the pages of the book, The Sovereign Individual. And then he had a, an entire kind of presentation, uh, slide presentation. He talked about, you know, what risks do organizations face? Well, they've got like four main ones in his mind. They have counterparty risk, censorship risk, inflation risk, and regulation. And then he looked over at Bitcoin. He said, if Bitcoin is so amazing, if Bitcoin is the future, then why aren't more businesses using it? Well, businesses have trade-offs. They have to trade security for convenience. They have to trade speed for cost. They have to look at, do I insource, do I outsource? And they look at market volatility versus market stability. So, Imagine a small business owner wanting to use Bitcoin and then they look at it and they, they say, well, what I have to do is I have to set up a node. I have to get the right security. I have to try to keep three nines of uptime. Like imagine a small business owner trying to take on that task, take on that load. 
that is a hefty ask when they already have so much else going on and they might be operating on razor thin margins. So in comes this concept of bit ops. Bit ops is where you could have a small business and you bring in consultants to help you set up different things. Um, this happens with like point of sale systems, for example. So bit ops is a framework that Lucent Labs is working on and they want it to be where a consultant could come in and help get your Bitcoin operation set up for processing payments and self-custody of your treasury funds for your business. In his mind, if Noster is going to be part of businesses, then we might need Noster operations people to help incorporate it. He then had an open discussion with everybody in the room. He asked if there were any business owners in the room or people that are about to start businesses and asked, how do you think Noster could really fit into your business? I won't dive into all the questions and answers here for that portion, um, but you can go back and, and check it out if you want to. Some of the highlights were, you know, should we create a Slack built on Noster or is there any, or are businesses okay kind of having a third party host all their stuff? Talk about the chicken and egg problem someone asked can we survive by being on the outside of the system or should we help noster link into standard systems and mainstream systems uh, one example would be using noster to send out bills and pay for bills over lightning um, i know this idea has been been tossed around as well so go give it a listen it was an interesting conversation more on an academic discussion if you will about business and and Noster and, and Bitcoin. After that, we had Rabble come up on the stage and Rabble gave a history of Noster-like protocols. If you aren't familiar with Rabble, Rabble's one of the original people who built Twitter. He said he's actually the one who hired Jack way back in the day. And he gave a giant history lesson about the various open protocols through the decades that have brought us up until now. So different open chat protocols. Um, and, and so this Noster really is not the first, uh, but it's built on the shoulders of many before it. Noster solves many problems that earlier protocols had. So I would recommend that you go back and give his talk a listen and get all the historical goodness and perspective that comes along with it. Uh, Twitter, for example, was really this giant open dev platform I was there throughout the process as a third party. Um, so I can kind of attest to that. And it has closed up a lot in the last years. He went into content moderation and he said, Noster will not succeed if it is completely open to all posts of all content. It's a tricky balance that has been heavy handed in the past and we need to find the right balance where we don't allow absolutely all of everything everywhere because there are some things that just shouldn't be allowed in parts of society, but we can't allow it to go so far as to have censorship on everything. Noster is an open protocol. It allows for different levels of moderation and then users can choose where they want to be and how much moderation they want or how little moderation they want. There was a discussion about who should be doing the moderation. Should it be the clients? Should it be the relays? And the answer was maybe a bit of both. 
So good discussion. I recommend you go listen to it because there was a lot of great history there. And then a lot of great thoughts for how do we learn from the lessons of the past and build on them for now. One takeaway I got from listening to him is that there are a lot of people in the Noster community who come from a lot of these open protocols of the past and as well as Bitcoin and other digital cash projects of the past. And they've all converged into Noster at this moment. And it feels like there's a lot of energy here and that there's something big in the works. So take that for what you will. Okay, so next up we had a relay panel. This was moderated by Walker. And on the panel, there were four people. You had Pablo F7Z. Many of you know him already, but he has written something called the Noster Development Kit, NDK, as well as working on a bajillion other things and works at Swan Bitcoin. Then we had Lee from Bitcoin Jungle, Anton that wrote No String, sorry, No Stream, and then Miles who wrote Collider, or works on Collider, I should say. Um, each of them, you'll probably see them online, but they all run their own relays. And so they had a lot to offer here. The first topic was monetization. And this was really the topic that carried throughout the entire panel. So the main uh, questions that were asked up front were, what are the challenges right now with a revenue model? Where do you see it going? And having people pay once up front, is that sustainable? So Miles jumped in first and said that the one-time payment model was started out as a spam prevention mechanism. Uh, but can we store your data forever on a one-time payment of 10,000 sats? No, that's not feasible. So he thought the monthly model looked pretty interesting and wanted to look and see what other revenue models emerge, maybe like a pay per use, like pay per write, that kind of thing. Anton said that maybe we could have people deposit, deposit sats into a bucket and then those sats are used to pay per use. That's similar to the Fountain podcasting model that they have. Lee operates three relays, a public one, a paid one, and then a personal one at home. And for their paid one, they tie it to a Nostra address or a NIP 05 ID. And so if people change their Nostra address, then they lose access to the paid relay. Pablo jumped in asking if anybody has any SLAs, service level agreements right now. Nobody did. He said, that's something that we need to figure out as well. You know, how much uptime is a service going to have? How fast will the delivery be? What will be the data retention policy? Uh, these kinds of things. Anton suggested a backup of users data as well. That could be a paid service. Lee liked that idea and expanded to say, maybe it's an archival relay, similar to the backup idea. It's a paid service that lets users archive their data to another relay for long-term storage. And then Anton jumped in as well and suggested, hey, maybe for early adopters, they can pay for a lifetime subscription up front. That way we can get an infusion of cash to start building some of these things. Next up, they segued into relay policies. Will you start implementing an SLA and data retention policy? What responsibilities do relay operators have to perform content moderation? Miles said, we aren't doing any of that right now. We don't have any SLAs, any policies, really any moderation. We want to see what happens out there and implement what is working. We're trying to figure it out. It needs to be figured out so relays can really scale up. Anton said, it feels like 
this should be done on the client side. Naturally, there will be political alignments that form around some of the relays, but they want to keep Nosterland open for all. And then Lee said that the relays should fight the spam and the clients should do the filtering. That led to a question of how much time is spent dealing with spam. Give us some insights into your life fighting spam. Lee said, well, we filled up a 250 gigabyte hard drive in 12 hours when the spammer started. Anton said it was the same. And then they all kind of discussed about this one evening when the China spammers turned on and they were all up until 3 a.m. fighting the spam up late. There was a, it was like there was a fire lit underneath them to start thinking about content moderation. Walker asked them, is there an optimal number of relays? Is there an amount you would recommend that users have for the clients? Pablo said, that's like asking what is the right flavor of ice cream? It's, it's just not a question you can answer for someone. Currently, clients are just kind of dumb. They need to be smarter. Something like NIP65 is a great way to get us in that direction using the gossip model. Miles said, do you think the average user will pay for relays or will they pay for their client and expect the client to handle that for them? That led into a question of what do you think about relay aggregators? Lee said there are benefits to that. Something like filter.noster.wine has helped him decrease his usage of bandwidth. Miles said he's okay with a centralization of certain things as long as there is an exit for users. There always needs to be an exit. That's the Noster community. That's the Noster way is providing exits. Uh, so with relays, clients, and you name it. So the question was, how does monetization work with an aggregator? Lee and Miles both jumped in and said, well, the aggregator would collect from the user and then they would pay out to the relays. So centralization is still a concern here. Um, Anton jumped in and said, this would be a big boost to speed and efficiency. So it's something that we should really look into. Walker asked them, hey, should we be encouraging people to run their own relays, similar to how we ask, uh, encourage people to run their own Bitcoin and Lightning nodes? Pablo immediately responded, your relay doesn't really help the network. It's different than Bitcoin. So if you're thinking, I'm going to run a relay and it's really going to help speed up everything, that's just not how this works. Um, if you're running it to archive your own data, that's great. Making a decommoditized relay would be really good. Anton said, you know, your community relay is great too. And what we need to look at is federation and how can we sync between the relay operators, which is something that is currently being worked on. Now, back on this idea that Pablo brought up of decommoditizing the relay, somebody asked in the Q&A session, should there be a new type of relay or service that counts followers, likes, etc.?" so that we don't have to use lots of data querying all the relays. So Nostra.band does this. They, they aggregate on their server side the followers and likes and other things. Uh, but currently, there's no API exposing that. Lee said, that would be great. Just like Pablo was saying, we could decommoditize and have certain relay types that gather and make that type of information available. And then one more question. How are we going to make money we're not in this to get rich, but how are we going to get money in order to build? And Pablo said, monetization is essential. We shouldn't change Nostra too early, though, just to make money. It's okay to send money around right now. It's okay to lose money as we try out different monetization uh, models. But we need to be focusing on how do we make money so that we can make this sustainable for the long run.
So that was the relay panel. There are more details in there. You can go back and check out that portion of the video. The final panel of the day was an impromptu panel that was assembled. It sounds like over lunch or something. And that was with Rockstar, NVK, and Will, JB55, from Domus. And Rockstar was the moderator, but also participating in the panel. The topic for the panel was building a new company. So NVK has built a few companies and he really wants to help energize the Noster community and help them build companies. Rockstar as well. And then Will was up there because he's currently in that process where he has the most popular client, has brought so many people into Noster and how do we monetize this? So NVK jumped in and said, when you're building a company, that has people's life savings in it, it feels like you're always just one bad email away from the company just completely blowing up and you know imploding or something. Um, but as you put out great products and services, you start to build trust with your customers and that stabilizes everything. He thinks that there are so many opportunities out there. You don't have to create the same thing as someone else. Build a thing that you think is cool, build something that you think people will just love and start doing it. He talked about artists and artists are typically unbounded in their creativity. Um, but for him, he likes being bound by physics and economics when creating his products. Uh, you can express yourself and it's extremely fulfilling when someone is willing to part with their sats for your product. Rockstar asked JB for us software devs. These are passion projects. Monetization is often an afterthought. So how do you handle keeping it sustainable and have monetization in there? JB said, you know, we love working on what we're doing. This is a passion project and we all often worry that monetization will ruin it. So we need to find a way to do it because we want to keep it going long-term. And NVK said, it's okay. It's okay to charge for things. We need to eat. We can't just, you know, hope that uh, food just shows up. He went on to say with open source software, you know, you don't have to be just one way or another all into the open source or all into proprietary you can use a proprietary phone that has an app store on it, but then you can also be a user of free open source software. Then they had a conversation about selling and you know how it's a skill. MVK said selling doesn't have to be slimy and scammy. You know, it's really important to be able to sell things. You have to be able to tell a story. You have to be able to explain and articulate why this thing that you built really is cool. Rockstar looks at them as windows of opportunity and that those are very important. For example, if you decided that you were just going to compete with Facebook, it would have been much better to compete with Facebook 20 years ago than trying five years ago. So start early, start integrating that selling process into uh, what you're doing early on. That's important. And then MBK said, if you're doing it with some morality, making profit keeps you sharp. It keeps you honest to your customers. It keeps you accountable to them. JB expressed a little bit of difficulty where he has ideas for paid features and then a competitor client will put those features in there for free. So now he doesn't you know, feel like he can do that. He doesn't like the idea of locking people out of certain features. And MVK said, you know, some people feel like they're dirty for charging for things, but if you built a road, you had costs that you incurred and you should be able to expect to pay, have people pay for that. Uh, you know, he's like, how many people did you bring into Damas and into Noster? I think you can expect them to pay some sats. They talked about how all sorts of things could be paid within the Noster community, like search, algorithms, relay services, etc. 
Rockstar said, as we build Noster further, we should use money as a tool for coordination. NVK said, Bitcoin gave us freedom of money, but if we don't have freedom of communication to trade, we're screwed. Noster gave us freedom of communication. Now those two are together. There was a discussion with NVK about the size of CoinKite, his company, and uh, you know why don't you scale it up large to many more employees? Um, so that was that was a pretty good discussion. I won't go into a lot of the details there, but you can go check that out. The rest of it came down to a couple things. One, just build really cool things. Pick good technologies, good tools to build with. Find a great founder, a co-founder, uh, someone that you can work together with and divide your labor between the two of you. And then think about the impacts of each decision as you incorporate a new tool into your process. And then Rockstar just hit it home again with windows of opportunity. And that window of opportunity for Noster is right now. Identify your niche and capture it. And in the case of yes, totally. Uh, investing in Noster is not necessarily investing in a project. You're investing in founders because those founders might be doing something different in five years from now. The market will change. We're early on and so many things are going to change and move. So don't break your mind. Be flexible. Go with your gut feeling. Don't be afraid to change. Don't burn out. Don't be afraid to make a profit. Let others do parts and partner together with people. Try different stuff and ultimately just have fun. And then uh, JB got a bit emotional at the end just saying, you know, seeing how many people are appreciating his work and effort has just been very meaningful. And there was a lot of applause for that. Um, there, there were more uh, questions and answers at the end that I'll let you go check out on your own. Um, but that was it for this panel. I really enjoyed this one. I thought it was great to just hear from some people who have built things and uh, hear kind of their perspective, especially NVK. He's super pumped and optimistic about being able to help people make money and turn a profit so that Noster can grow and be sustainable and scale up. So that wraps it up for day two of Noster Rica. There was also a workshop stage happening at the same time. And there is an entire video for that. You can go check it out. Lots of really cool stuff going on over there as well. So let's move on to Boost and Zaps. No Strings is a value for value podcast. We love it when you send us value our way because we feel like we're trying to add value to your life. So for Boost, we have the first one from at Connor Chepinick, 1000 Sats. He says, current is doing some cool things the OG Noster client in my eyes. Hug emoji, purple heart emoji. So that was a boost on the interview that I did with Arun from Current. If you want to go check that out, that was a previous episode from this one. That episode, uh, when I published it on Noster, uh, received a zap from Melissa. There was no note attached to it. Uh, it was for 111 sats. And thank you, Melissa. I really appreciate it. And then lastly, this boost was not tied to uh, the previous episode, but it was actually um, from the very beginning when I was setting up my RSS feed and setting up everything on Fountain and other places. This is from at Davidas for 1000 sats. And this was a test boost as they helped me set up the feed. And Davidas actually is over at RSS Blue. RSS Blue is my podcast host uh, for my files and my RSS feed. They're a small podcast hosting service and they support all the podcast 2.0 features and they're always adding new things as podcast 2.0 evolves. So I found them through the podcast index. They have this, uh, you know, podcast apps page where you can find 
clients and hosts and other things. And so far, I've really enjoyed using their service. They're very affordable and very responsive if you have any support needs or you know want some help setting things up. Also, if you have any feedback for making it better, very responsive there as well. So if you're looking to launch a podcast, I would highly recommend checking out RSS Blue. So that's it for today. I'm hoping to get Nosarika Day 3 done and out very soon because, man, this is getting long in the tooth. Um, and I want to move on, on to lots of other great stuff. So thank you for listening. With Noster, your communication has no strings attached. Later. Zap notes every day.